Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everyone. 10.09 on this Sunday morning, December 4th. You are listening to The Huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian, on a day in which the college football landscape was completely flipped upside down, at least the uh, the top 10 once again. It seems like we say that every week now, Pete. And then it's all going to get straightened out here uh, in about an hour. And no, I'm sure people will not be happy uh, with whatever happens. But... Um, well, I, I don't know, Pete, I watched the Big Ten championship game last night, um, and all I kept thinking the whole time, and, and I'll get ripped for this and that's fine, but all I thought the whole time was, if the Gophers were in this game against Michigan, I just felt like it would have been, if, let's just be conservative, as good of a game, if not better. I, I was, now, I thought Aiden O'Connell looked really good last night for Purdue, even though he had uh, some interceptions. Charlie Jones, boy, that kid's a good wide receiver. And, and Michigan is just stacked, right? We just know that Michigan um, is is unbelievable. They're, uh, they are undefeated. They're probably going to uh, – certainly uh, they're one of the favorites to win uh, the national championship at this point. Uh, did you watch the Big Ten game, Pete? What you think? I absolutely did. I was over at a friend's house who has been coaching in the NFL and the college football for a long time, and we were both just kind of watching it as two former players and – and just sort of doing the analysis of it. You know, the first the first half was a great first half. Yeah. Uh, I thought Purdue stood up there pretty nicely against a really good, let's be honest, uh, Michigan, even though they had the second weakest schedule in college football, regardless of that, they, they literally knocked down everybody who's in front of them, right? That's yeah. what they're supposed to do. And they did it. And so I, I think they really are exactly what they, we think they are. They're a great football team. They're 13-0. They're undefeated. They beat Ohio State at <laughs> Ohio State. Yeah. That's a big big challenge. So, um, you know, I, I don't know who would have been the best team to be able to go up against them because obviously in the second half, Purdue just ran it out. I mean, they, they, yeah. they just didn't have the opportunity. A couple of interceptions by Aiden O'Connell, who – I love him as a quarterback, but, you know, the biggest problem is you live and die by the pass at Purdue. They can't yep. run the football worth a daggone. <laughs> and and he, had right. 13, he had 13 interceptions this year. You know, you, you can't win games consistently throwing interceptions, and that's exactly what Aiden has done, unfortunately. He throws for a lot of yards. I like him as a quarterback, yeah. but you can't throw that many interceptions. And, you know, two more added to it in the championship game against a really good, really well-coached team in Michigan. I'll tell you, I, I think Harbaugh is 
underrated even though people really like him. I think he is an amazing coach who does so much. And what I really love about him is he's the same guy he was at Stanford, at the mm-hmm. University of, 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 of San Diego. He's, he's a guy who, and the 49ers, he, he gets up there, he's old school football and punches you in the mouth with tight ends everywhere, very aggressive. And he ends up, ended up having a pretty good quarterback this year. I mean, it, yeah. it really, I mean, JJ McCarthy really is a pretty solid guy. Is he the greatest quarterback? No, he's not the greatest quarterback. And as a matter of fact, in this game, he didn't have to be because all they did was run the football and run the football. Donovan and run Edwards. The football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a great game, and they put up 225 yards, so they, they did everything that Michigan looks like. They didn't have to divert to anything. They didn't have to panic and throw the football, and, uh, you know, I think that Purdue made those mistakes. I don't know where we would have gone this year with Michigan or Ohio State, though, Dave. I, I, really, yeah. I really don't. I, yep. I hate to say it, but, I mean, we could very easily have been run off the field as well. I think the best sure. – the best – the best teams from in my mind to go up against Michigan to give them the best games would have been either probably Iowa or Wisconsin. I'm not yeah. really sure which one. You know, and, and I say that because how they are built and, and what they are good at and you know, defensively and so forth. I I think they would have had a better shot. Maybe it's Illinois. I don't know. But uh, you know, Purdue certainly because of that win by the pass, die by the pass, uh, they died in the second half. I, I would have liked to have seen, and the reason why I, I mentioned, you know, what I would have liked to have seen the Gophers is I, I really would have loved to have seen what Mo Ibrahim could have done. And, and mm-hmm. listen, Michigan's offense is very good. A defense, rather, is is very very good. They we know that they were great. They're one of the better defenses in the country. But I yeah. thought to myself, well, geez, what if they had Mo Ibrahim? How, how would that work? And to me, what makes Michigan and and some of these better teams so good is what we saw last night, and this is what to me still separates the Gophers from those upper echelon teams. It's that when your when your first guy goes down, you have someone just as good. You know, something is his name, right, Blake? Uh, he he had surgery last night too, but then Donovan Edwards comes in. And he just has a monster game. They literally miss yeah. no beats. And to me, that's the biggest difference in the, those teams, right? When you lose that guy, uh, you know, who steps up? Who steps up? Right. Now, we lost Tanner Morgan. Gophers lost Tanner Morgan. I also would have liked to have seen what Kaliak Manis could have done against Michigan. Again, and I want to reiterate this, I am not saying the Gophers would have won this game or even made a really good effort. I'm simply mm-hmm. saying I would have loved to have seen that as a benchmark to see where Ethan Kaliak Manis has come over these last three or four games since Penn Mm -hmm. State to now. Because he was a very different quarterback than he was at Penn State uh, than he was against Wisconsin, I believe. So I would have loved to have Mm -hmm. seen that that next effort for him. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're not going to against Wisconsin, I believe. So I would have loved to have Mm -hmm. seen that that next effort for him. Um, Mm -hmm. But... You know we're not gonna, and and we're gonna now get uh, some extra time, which is great. Gophers will get uh, either uh, everything I've seen at this point has them either in the pinstripe bowl against Syracuse, which will be a home game for Syracuse at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium, or the Mayo Bowl, which is the thing mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. Pete, my question for you is: Everyone, you know, and I know PJ Fleck talks about this a lot. Those three weeks of extra practice before the bowl game. Just mm-hmm. how much of an advantage is that going into next season to have that extra time? Fleck loves it. 
I know he loves mm-hmm. it. He talks about it every year, yeah. and I'm sure he'll talk about it this week. But having yeah. that extra time to work on things and, and give guys those extra three weeks, how much of a difference does that make to next season? I think it's a monster difference, and you're exactly right. I had a very long conversation with PJ earlier in the week, and we talked about a variety of things. That was definitely one of the topics. Uh, that and the fact that it puts you out there for the recruiting process as well. So it, it's not just about the practices. It also puts you out there. People want to see you know, these, these teams play. They want to see the bowl game. And I think a highlight for me would be if we could get away from that Syracuse game. I Personally, if I were the guy sitting there and there was a choice, I would say, let's play Florida State. And the reason I say that is that is a marquee. That's a big-name program. I know they're down. They're not the same Florida State that they were for many years, but they're still Florida State, and they, they, they're they going to attract the eyeballs, and people are going to watch that game, and people will be interested. And I think – it would be great to see the Gophers. I don't know. Have we ever played Florida State? I don't know the answer to that, Dave. I don't think, uh, I think the answer is no, no. But I don't know. <laughs> I'll look it up. I don't remember. I, I'll say this, and I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll uh, my objection here. I'm a Syracuse guy, right? I'm a Syracuse. <laughs> I, I got my masters at Syracuse. Sure. So to me. Pete, Syracuse is a huge program. Now, they're, they're long and far away from the days of Donovan McNabb and Marvin Graves and Marvin Harrison. But, yeah. it, it, they, yes, they're not quite as marquee. Florida State's a sexy pick. I, I like that, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, frankly, I don't really want to face Syracuse at a home game in, in Yankee Stadium for them, right? You'd much rather no. wherever the Duke's Mayo Bowl is played. I know it's a southern state. Uh, against Florida State. I think that's a great matchup, too. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I don't know if uh, the Gophers have played Florida State. I know they played Syracuse a few times because the last time they played them, I believe, was at – it was then uh, TCF Bank Stadium, now Huntington Bank Stadium. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, we went – my wife and I went, both Syracuse alums, wearing Syracuse gear, only because (laughs) in any other state in the union, you would get booed and screamed and heckled. But in Minnesota – we don't do that here, and I love that. And it was like one of my first years in Minnesota, and I was like, oh, that's cute. You're a Syracuse fan. But they weren't mean. <laughs> so we're such a nice state, and wherever we go, we'll be happy. So, uh, yeah, yeah pretty good sure. idea with, with either one of these bowl games. Yeah, I sure do like it. I like the lineups. And just going back for one more second, I would yeah. say this. How about, how about the way Illinois did play at Michigan, by the way, on that 1917 loss that they had late in the year? I mean – it gives you a little bit of an idea of how good of a team I think Illinois was this year. They had, you know, they, they, they weren't expected to be great, but Bielema did an unbelievable job. I still think that guy should be coach of the year, uh, you know, yep. maybe nationally. I mean, I just, I, I, who thought Illinois would have any chance of getting to be a rated team even, I, you know, all of that. And then they go head to head with Michigan the way they did. I think that they just line up better probably than a Purdue. And and may, would Minnesota? Maybe. Uh, I would have been concerned for that second half almost like a Purdue where yep. do we run out of gas and, and then suddenly Michigan starts to take over because that's how Michigan usually does operate. They The first half, they're kind of feeling things out. Second half, they're just going to punch you in the mouth and knock the ball into the end zone. So that that that's interesting. I'll tell you what, one last thing on Syracuse too. Mm-hmm. They did have a great year, man. You guys were undefeated for a long period of time. This is a really good football team. They almost uh, beat and, Clemson. Right. And they deserve to. I mean, they yeah. deserve that win down there. But um all that being said, Florida State just has the sexiness, I think, from a television perspective. Absolutely. Um, it really it really does draw the eyeballs, I think, for the Gophers. Absolutely. Listen, I, I grew up a Syracuse fan. Obviously, they got my money for my degree, but that's <laughs> if we play them, 
Rest assured, I'm rooting for the Gophers. All right. Hey, Pete, we'll talk. Let's talk more about the college football playoff as well. Coming up, I believe around 11 o'clock, we will find out uh, the top four teams who will be in the playoff and might even find out some other bowl games. Hopefully, we'll find out what the Gophers are going to do. So let's talk about the college football playoff when yeah. we come back. We'll talk about the top four, what we feel, what we like, and whether Nick Saban should actually make his case for Bama to get in the top four. We will talk about that and more. You're listening to The Huddle on 8-3. <laughs> Dennis, that's a great song to come back with. I love Dennis. <laughs> Talking about the college football playoff. Dazed and confused. Love it. Yeah, that's kind of where we are now, Pete. Uh, we got the college football playoff. They'll come up with the top mm -hmm. four teams here in about a half an hour. Uh, mm -hmm. Everything that I am reading and seeing and thinking uh, mm -hmm. has at least the top four teams is Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State. There are some that have TCU and Ohio State flip-flop, 3-4. What I don't see in here, and I'm wondering what also makes me very happy, uh, is that Alabama is not in the top four. And and I know Saban – yeah, I know. Nick Saban made – you know, pled his case yesterday or the other day to ESPN to say that they – you know, how are they playing the last three games and that and all how all that should matter. And so I went back and I looked it up. What is the criteria used for the strength of for, – for the college football playoff? Strength of schedule? head-to-head -head results, comparison of results against common opponents, and championships won and more. Bama has two losses to LSU and Tennessee. TCU only has one loss to Kansas State. It was in the championship game. Bama didn't even play in the SEC championship game. Ohio State, their only loss came at the hands of Michigan. I don't see any way, any way, that Bama sneaks into the top four. Do you? I totally agree with you. I, I was, you know, I was going through this because I always like to do this and see where I think that things should be, in my opinion, by my eye test and everything else. But I've got Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU. And here's how I came up with that. So I'm, I'm looking at it. Obviously, USC, we loved them. They moved all the way up, but they had no defense. And this is what concerns me a little bit about the Vikings, mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, kind of that, that same thing. You can win a lot of games with just offense. But occasionally, you're going to stumble on offense, and when you do, your defense can't hold up. And FC's yeah. got two losses to the same team. They have to be out, right? But then I look, at, I look at somebody like Bama, and they've got their two losses, right? But, you know, they don't look the same as far as the losses because, granted, they, it was a great game against Tennessee. They ended up losing that game, you know, and they, a great game. on a, But you, when you look at LSU, how can they possibly look at that game and what has happened to, you know, look at how many games that they have lost. I think they were a yeah. free loss team going in. Right. So, yep. uh, you know, that, that I think hurts, even though they lost literally on a two point conversion, they still lost. You've got Tennessee. They've got a couple of losses. They got blown out by South Carolina, Penn state, not a chance because they lost to both Michigan, and Ohio state. So when you really start going through it, you look at TCU, and by the way, when they played yesterday, Kansas State was ranked number 10. Their only yep. losses were Tulane, who had a great year, uh, TCU, and Texas, you know, two great teams in the Pac-12, or in the, in the Big 12. So I look at that, and they go toe-to-toe, to -toe, they get the overtime, and you also look at that quarterback and what he did yesterday, Max Duggan. If anybody didn't get a chance to watch that game, watch it from the beginning to the end. That was an unbelievable game. The kid put his heart and soul into the game, running the ball, throwing the ball. I mean, it was just amazing. And they, they had a shot at the very end. 
they got stopped at the six inch line. <laughs> you yeah. know, before, I mean, in yeah. that overtime, they went for it fourth and one, and it wasn't one; it was about a foot, and they didn't get it. And and that was what was the turning point of the game. So, I think you got to keep TCU in there. I don't care about the you know. I know they talk about strength of schedule. These guys just beat the number ten team. They they beat a bunch of ranked teams during the year. So I look at it that way. The only thing that bothers me about putting Ohio State in there is their only one loss is to number two Michigan. But right. it was at home, and it kind of got out of hand late. And so yeah. that would be the one blemish. But you know what? They still, they're a one-loss team. These other guys are all two-loss teams. I, I don't know how you could possibly change it to be anything other than that. No, and I, I looking back at you know Nick Saban talking about his last three games and how they were playing hot, do you know the, t- the three teams they beat? Ole Miss, obviously, <laughs> Auburn the last game of the season, but sandwiched in between there, a thirty-four to nothing win over Austin P. Really great powerhouse program. Who scheduled that? That's what I want to know. The second to last game of the season. Who said, "Hey, you know what? Let's play Austin P. That'll really help our RPI." I mean, just unbelievable. What a what a miss that is. Um, I'm with you. I I just. Even though Michigan has had somewhat of a, you know, you kind of, you said a weaker schedule, and I agree, it, maybe it's not the the, the toughest schedule. Um, I just think that, I I think Georgia, I, I do think Georgia's number one. You know, again, if yes. you could do what they did in the SEC, and we we can, people are going to argue all day which conference is better, SEC or Big Ten. Mm-hmm. When it comes to pure athletics and just skill, I just still think the SEC is a little bit better uh, than the Big Ten, and I'll be ripped for that, and that's okay. So I say Georgia, Michigan. <laughs> I like TCU and then Ohio State. Uh, what mm-hmm. I the only thing I don't want is to see Michigan Ohio State in a semifinal. You know, mm-hmm. so that, so that's kind of why I want. I think one gets four, right? It goes one, four, two, three mm-hmm. for the uh, mm-hmm. for the semifinal. So I'd rather see Georgia Ohio State. I don't want to see another Michigan Ohio State game uh, for the semifinals, <laughs> but it'd be fun. Hey, by the way, we talked about this last. Did you have? A, go ahead, Pete. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Well, the only other thing I'd say is, and I love Nick yeah. Saban, I truly do. I, I thought the world of that guy at Michigan State and LSU and what he did at, and what he's done at Alabama, because people forget Nick yeah. Saban, I truly do. I, I thought the world of that guy at Michigan State and LSU and what he did at, and what he's done at Alabama, because people forget Alabama was down on their luck when yes. he got the job. They Absolutely. Were, they were not the Alabama that everybody knows in the last great, decade or so. I mean, he, <laughs> he's yeah. done an amazing job. But to your point, that, by the way, and I liked them, but that Ole Miss team, they, they turned out to be a fraud. And let's be honest. So uh, Alabama barely beat a team that was undefeated at one point in time, 7-0, and and then just went loss, loss, loss once they played the, the real the meat of the SEC. The real deal. Yeah. <laughs> then they play Austin P, as you said, 34 nothing. I mean, let's, what, what is that? Why was that what is that? there? And one of the worst Auburn teams uh, in many, many years, I would say, this this year. And they beat them. They beat them pretty good. But, okay, so you have three of the weakest that you could possibly think of for Alabama. I don't know why Nick would go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm Nick Saban, my argument would have been, hey, look, we, we played a Tennessee team that was absolutely on fire, and we lost late in the game on a field goal, and then we lost on a two-point conversion at LSU. That's what I would have focused on. I think focusing yep. on the last three games was a huge mistake, and it probably – it probably brought the same focus that you and I are talking about right now to those people that that were listening that actually have something to say about this whole thing. There's no way that's impressive. 
Well, it, it, it's also not a criteria <laughs> to me. Right. Yes, yeah, strength of schedule is very much a criteria, but you're like, you know, mm-hmm. nowhere does it say, uh, you should really look at your, your last three games. Hey, by the way, speaking of, cause we talked about this last week, I'm just curious. New Mexico State got in, by the way. So they, they oh. will get a bowl game. We talked about this last week. Uh, New Mexico mm-hmm. State was one, uh, coached by former Gopher head coach Jerry Kill, was mm-hmm. one game out of, uh, being eligible for a bowl. They applied for a waiver and got it, so they actually got in with five wins, so good for mm-hmm. them. They ended up playing Valparaiso and crushed them. So New Mexico <laughs> State and Jerry Kill will get a bowl game, uh, which once again <laughs> goes back to my, my argument of last week. We have too many bowl games. Way oh, too many, Pete. <laughs> You're so right, Dave. It's, it's crazy. I mean, and I'm a football fanatic, right? You and I probably both yeah. are. I mean, we'll sit down and we'll watch just about anything. But yeah. let's be honest. The first 20 bowl games of the 80 schedule, <laughs> and I'm yeah. exaggerating, yep. but it's, uh, it, it's ridiculous. They're so bad. They're teams that, you know, really, should they be even in a bowl game? And let's talk about New Mexico State for a second. I, I, I love Jerry, but uh, they don't even have a winning record. Now, they could have maybe been 50, <laughs> a 500 record. Yeah. But – the reality of it is, take a look at how bad they were beaten down early on. They, they did turn it around late, but, you know, the season's short, and that's the beauty of college football is there's only 11, 12, maybe 13 games that people are playing. So, uh, you know, every every game should count, and they do count, and for whatever reason, uh, Jerry and the, and the gang were able to get into yes. the, the, the worst of the toilet bowls. So, so... <laughs> So would you rather watch the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl with Wyoming versus Coastal Carolina or get a root canal? Your choice. <laughs> well, I think I'd go for the root canal. I, I will say this. Uh, crazy as it sounds, you know, I've had good friends who coached at Coastal, so that would attach me to that. And then – you know, we've got an old defensive coordinator from the Gophers who is the defense coordinator of Wyoming. So I would get sucked into that game. But See, there are a lot of other games, you know, that I probably wouldn't. <laughs> and that's why I love having you as a co-host. There's always a connection. I'm going to go to – I could go through every bowl game, and you would tell me a reason why I should watch it, which is great because, you know what, we'll just text back and forth every week, every night in December, and you right. tell me what game I should watch and who who matters for it, Okay. Yeah. By the way, it was Jay Sawville, who's the uh, there it coordinator. Is. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, speaking of former Gophers, I, I'm very yeah. excited. We have uh, Adam Weber, the former Gopher quarterback, who's going to join us next. Um, I want to talk to him. Hopefully we can keep him here for a couple segments. I have a lot to talk to him about. We'll get caught up on what he's doing now, mm-hmm. what he thinks of this year's Gopher team. And I'm really curious about what life was like inside the walls of Beerman uh, with Jerry, with with, uh, with Tim Brewster around. Excuse me, because yeah. a very polarizing figure. I'd like to talk to Adam about that and more. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Huddle on a three O WCCO. Welcome back to the Huddle, Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian. We're talking college football this first hour. Very excited. To have former Gopher quarterback Adam Weber joining us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Adam, how are you? Good morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, great to have you on. We have, It's been a couple years uh, since we've chatted. Uh, first of all, why don't you let everyone know out there, uh, what are you doing with yourself these days? How does Adam Weber keep busy? Yeah, um, 
So I uh, got married uh, two years ago. Uh, I have a one-year-old son. We live up in like the Maple Grove area. Uh, and about uh, two or three months ago, I joined uh, a company called Marsh McClellan Agency. I'm an insurance broker for them. Things are great. Life is life is good, and uh, looking forward to the holidays. That's awesome, man. That that's fantastic. How close do you watch this Gopher team this year? And if if you're still if you're still watching every game, which I imagine you probably do, uh, what were your thoughts on the season? Yeah, definitely watching uh, every every week. Made it to a few home games. Was able to take my son to his first home game this year, which was really special. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think like anybody else, um, it was a great start to the season. I was hesitant after that Michigan State game, knowing that I don't think that was a good litmus test for, for how good a, of a team we are. Um, but it was exciting, you know, 4-0. Disappointing loss against Purdue. And then it just, you know, we weren't able to really capitalize on this year. And uh, so disappointing for sure because, uh, you know, with the experience we had, the depth, you know, insert all the reasons why this should have been a year where we could really do something special. To fall a little bit short is disappointing, but um, I will say history, the fact that we're that, that you know, we, we have potentially what it was at a nine-win season, mm-hmm. um, the bar has been risen, so that's a good thing. But, yeah, you know, you look at next year's schedule and you're like, yikes, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, but um, – you know, the boys tried hard and uh, short, but still very proud of them. Adam, it's great to have you on, man. I really appreciate it. I always admired you as a quarterback and as an athlete. I don't know how many people know what a great athlete you were going back to co- uh, high school, rather, with all the different sports, including track and field and everything else. Just, it was awesome. And I, and I think that you were right. This was a year with without Michigan, without Ohio State. You, you really had high hopes that the Gophers – wouldn't have that top end stuff, so that gave them an opportunity to have an even better year. And unfortunately, we started to stumble. But when it comes to the quarterback position, tell us a little bit about the psyche and everything else. Because you know Tanner played really, really well early on, and and then had a couple of bumps along the way, and and then we did go with Caliak Manis. But tell us a little bit about what that's like as a quarterback and. Did they do the right thing early? Because we saw it against Wisconsin, how Kelly McManus, once he had a little bit of comfort and a little bit more time back there and the right kind of play calling, he really was a pretty outstanding quarterback and really sort of turned the corner. But I don't think they did that enough early on when they would give him time on some of the blowout games that we had. So what what would be your take on that? Yeah, so, you know, I think Tanner's had a, a great career. I mean, it's unfortunate that kind of due to injury, um, hopefully he can do, do something in this bowl game and, and go out on his own terms. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting. You know, in 2019, really solid year. You know, uh, you know against Pe- uh, Penn State, the number four team in the country at the time, he throws like 95% and, you know, two touchdowns. Now, granted, he had some dudes he was throwing to. You know, you had Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. That helps mm-hmm. as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um <laughs> And then, you know, I don't know if it was due to an injury or, or some undisclosed thing. You know, it starts to struggle. I know in my time going through a coaching change or bringing in a different offense was a challenge. Um, you know, they ask for different things. They have you read plays differently. And as a good soldier, as a good player, you want to do exactly as they say. Uh, and sometimes that can be detrimental to you. So I was excited when we brought back uh, Shiraka and thought, you know, hey, let's get back to 2019 and maybe see what happens. And it looked to be that way. 
Uh, but then I think Tanner is not a spring chicken anymore. I think some injuries started piling up. You also have Ethan, who is, to be completely honest, he's probably more talented uh, mm-hmm. you know, physically than Tanner Morgan is. But Tanner mm-hmm. has the 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 um, the background, the experience to be able to get in and out of plays. And I think they're buying time for Ethan to get caught up to speed. Um, and then they try to protect him a little bit when they did go with Ethan. You know, it did seem like they were protecting him a little bit in regards to play calling. And then it was great to see against Michigan, or sorry, Wisconsin, where they kind of opened it up and they said protecting him a little bit in regards to play calling. And then it was great to see against Michigan, or sorry, Wisconsin, where they kind of opened it up and they said, you know what, you've got an arm, you got a high ceiling, let's see what you got, kid. And I think we were pleasantly surprised and were able to win against um, a rivalry opponent and get the axe. So, um, it, it's a, the quarterback position is interesting. You know, you're always looking for somebody better to replace. And really that's all positions. But um, I will say, again, did a great job, but I am excited for Ethan and what he can do for this team. Adam Weber, former Gopher quarterback, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Blank Banker Hotline. Uh, Adam Weber, by the way, still the all-time leader for touchdowns and yards at the quarterback position for the University of Minnesota. Uh, you spoke there, Adam, a little bit, one, about coaching changes, which is hilarious because you had, I think, four different offensive coordinators in your time, right? Four different uh, at the University of Minnesota. So going into this final going into this final bowl game now, if you're P.J. Fleck and, and Tanner Morgan has done what he's done, he's given everything to this program, no one will doubt him as a human being, a person, a leader. He's a great man. Who starts this bowl game if you're P.J. Fleck? Do you give the ball to Tanner Morgan or do you give the ball to Ethan Kaliak-Manis? Yeah, well, I don't think you can really go wrong. You know, this bowl game, it'd be different if we're playing. If we were playing last night in that Big Ten championship game, a um, whole different questions to be asking. In a bowl game where it's going to be cool, you know, bowl games should be an acceleration of the season regardless of um, maybe you fell a little bit short of expectations. It's fun. It's fun for the staff and their families. Um, and any of the fans that come out, I think they do appreciate it, even if it is someplace cold. Um, you know, it's still fun just to do that. And you get, you know, some gifts and food and travel and new gear. And it's just – so <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's like, does, does the game really matter? You know, it's – yes, of course you want to win. And I know PJ's 3-0. and um, But, you know, I could see – and I wouldn't be mad if, like, they gave, you know, Tanner the ball and said, you know, hey, if you're healthy enough, man, let's, you know, go out and see what happens. Maybe give a short, maybe a short leash. I don't know, but you know, I can see that if you want like the feel good story. I also wouldn't blame him. He goes, no, Ethan's our guy, and that's who we're going forward with. I think mm-hmm. with where college football is in this days, if I was the coach, I'm running it out like a business guy, and that's I'm going to give him as many reps as I can um, and get him caught up to speed. And that's you know live reps, not just the 15 practices you get in the bowl game. I want him out there. Uh, you know, taking taking snaps because he's our dude going forward, and I want him uh, to get these reps. So that would be my opinion, but I wouldn't be upset either way. Adam, uh, what was it like um, in the in the Tim Brewster era? Was it was it something that you just loved? Obviously, you had an incredible career, and, and Dave was just talking about some of your numbers, which is just off the charts. But what was it like? What was it like inside the locker room? What what was your opinion on that that era? of go for football. And by the way, thanks again for the Floyd and Rosedale on the final game. We always appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, I think people, 
I, I don't forget. I think people do forget. Sometimes you look at record, like the individual records, and it, you know, those those are testaments to being able to play for four years, and I'm very proud of those records. But I think what I hang on is our overall team win record. And so, yes, to 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 win that last game and get the Floyd of Rosedale was incredibly uh, rewarding, given the kind of how that year went, and even the whole past three years. So. You know, um, I don't forget all the losses and interceptions, but uh, thank you for, you know, the uh, compliments on the records because, again, it's um, I am proud of those, but, um, you know, those are minor to the, uh, the bigger details. Anyways, to Tim Brewster, um, you know, when you're, when you're a player, I kind of mentioned this before when you get a new offensive coordinator, you just want to be a good soldier and you want to buy into everything they're talking about, right? Because I committed to Glenn Mason. Uh, that's who I wanted to be as my head football coach. You know, I had a great relationship with them. Uh, but quickly you realize that there's a lot of things outside your control. They make a coach, uh, coach or Joe Maturi, uh makes a coaching change. And, you know, we can all make an argument over it, whether he should or not. But anyways, we get Tim Brewster. And, you know, by all intents and purposes, he was this very charismatic um, coach. And, you know, he brought Gopher Nation and all these kind of sayings to the football program. And I think as a player, you have to buy in. You buy in 110% or you're quickly forgotten uh, or they move past you. You know, if they can tell if you're not going to buy into their program. So you, um, you buy in, but I think quickly, uh, probably by year two, you know, we could maybe start seeing some, uh, some I don't know, some rips or some faults in, in kind of that messaging. I, we were 7-1 my sophomore year, having a great season. We end up losing five our, our last five games, one of which was against Iowa, and it was like 55 nothing. So just a horrible mm. drop-off in a season. Um, and then, you know, after that year, we make a change with coordinators. We had Mike Dunbar. He fires Mike Dunbar, brings in Jed Fish. We've made some changes in the, on the defensive coordinator side as well. It wasn't just on the offensive side. And so I think we started feeling like, what is going here? What is the plan of attack? And um, I think we started seeing through some of the kinks in the armor and um, definitely by, you know, that my senior year and the season's not going well, I think, you know, he kind of lost the team. Um, and I think it was at, you know, pretty, uh, at least, you know, again, we're still fighting out there. We're fighting for each other. You're not really playing for a coach, but, um, you know, I think we, a majority of people got tired of the salesmanship, um, I guess, of it. Mm-hmm. I think as fans, like they saw it as well, but, you know, I respect Tim Brewster. I do. He gave me my opportunity and he stuck with me. Now, granted, I was trying, you know, I'm sure I was, um, I was being looked for a replacement, but that's, that's college football. You know, you're always, when you're starter, you should be always playing and practicing like you're, you're number two and always, you know, trying to earn your spot. So, uh, but Tim Brewster stuck with me, gave me my opportunity. So I always respect him for that, but um, I don't think he was probably cut out for a head coach at that time. And unfortunately, um, you know, those are the three and a half years that, um, that I was a part of the team. Adam Weber joining us in the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I'd love to keep going with this topic, Adam. We've got to take a quick break. Let's come back, uh, and we'll talk more about this as we wrap up the first hour. You're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian. We are joined by former Gopher quarterback Adam Weber, who's joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Biker Hotline. We got time, Adam, for a little bit more. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. We were talking about Tim Brewster. You talked about 
in your career where you felt like uh, there was a moment where he lost the team. One of the things that everyone said about P.J. Fleck when he came in is that he reminded him in his salesmanship. People He reminded people of Tim Brewster. Clearly, though, P.J. Fleck has had a different story here. What are the differences? What have you seen that's different? Why has P.J. had success where Tim Brewster maybe fell a little short? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question because, you know, charismatic people come in, and I think uh, as fans we were uh, scarred, uh, for lack of better uh, words, after Tim Brewster. So seeing P.J. Fleck come in, very charismatic with, you know, these sayings and um, – his own, you know, uh, go for knees language and all that stuff. I think everyone's like, whoa, 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 this is another Tim Brewster. I think what PJ, a great coach, um, is that he's, he believes in the process and he sticks to it. Um, you know, I think it was brilliant when he first came in. He, it wasn't year one, it was year zero, right? Hearing people like, hey, this is, we're going to, you know, this is, don't expect success right away. This takes time. Um, and then bringing in a strength coach and co- coaches and keeping these coaches so that when a player comes in, it's the same message, it's the same um, expectations, um, everything down to like what they're expected on the daily doesn't change. So when you come in as a freshman, it'll be the same expectations by the time you leave as a senior. Where I think with Brewster, that changed with the flavor of the season. You know, if you're losing coaches, whether you be firing them or they're going on to different jobs, you're changing your culture every single year, and I think that's very difficult, whether it be a football program, an organization, a business. If, you're, if you don't have a solid core of, of your culture and your mission statement and that's changing, it's going to be very hard to be successful. It's hard to overcome that. Adam, I, I, we so appreciate your time this morning. Uh, I, I know you've been watching the Gophers close. What do you think? Uh, what game gets you excited really quickly here? It, it, does Florida State or Syracuse get you more excited? Uh, well, you know, we, we played Syracuse at Syracuse my, uh, I think, junior junior year. Yeah. We played them up in the uh, Carrier Dome and beat them with an Eric Elstad field goal at the end of the game, which is awesome. <laughs> Maybe even over um, But very cool because that's a cool little stadium. I know it's not going to be there being um, Yankee Stadium, which is pretty yep. cool. Um, but, yeah, I think Florida, St- you know, Florida State is um, um, kind of has the tradition, the, the legacy of, you know, Bobby Bowden. And, and just um, there's some Minnesota connections there with, I think, Chris Wanky and, um, you know, maybe a few others. And was yeah. I think Joe uh, Joe Bauer's being recruited to Florida State. He was, yeah, yeah. So you know, um, it would be kind of cool. I think I would probably take the Florida State game. Where where would that one be played? Do you know, uh, it, it's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Wherever that will be played, I have no idea. <laughs> the Duke's <laughs> Mayo Bowl. PJ getting doused, doused in Mayo. If you, if you <laughs> that would be great. Hey man, <laughs> yeah. Adam, I appreciate your time. We're up against the end of the hour. Thanks so much, buddy. Great to talk with you. Good luck uh, with that one-year-old, and maybe we can catch up again soon, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. Hey, man, appreciate appreciate you guys so much, guys. Great talking with you. All right, we'll wrap the first hour. We will come back on the huddle. You're listening. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.